Hey, this is Nick DiMatteo from Music Is Not A Genre. I just wanted to take a minute to talk to you about the service I use to record and distribute my podcasts. If you haven't heard about Anchor, let me tell you from experience, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Here's why. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So please take a moment out. If you are planning to create, record, and distribute podcasts, take a look at Anchor. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey everyone, I'm Nick DiMatteo, and I'm going to do a bit of a different introduction this week uh, because we are shifting some things and changing some stuff behind the scenes and for all of you. Uh, as you may have noticed, uh, I renamed my larger Thursday podcast uh, from 4T, the Thursday throwback track, to Music Is Not A Genre, which is also the name of my YouTube page. Uh, it's a project that I started a few years ago to uh, foster the idea that genres and labels, both in music and life, are very limiting and they kind of prevent us from seeing uh, connections that we might otherwise see uh, and the idea that everything is connected. Um, this newer podcast that I've been doing, this shorter one, is a continuation of that. Uh, unlike the larger podcast in which I take a release from my collection and I discuss a particular artist or, or set of uh, releases, albums, this a uh, shorter podcast is all about one position, opinion, uh, something I feel passionately about within the realm of music. It often bleeds into real life. It may, it may or may not. And what I do uh, differently is instead of, as on Thursday, I have notes, I talk about notes, and I kind of speak uh, extemporaneously a lot. In this one, I am actually writing down my thoughts, formally reading them. And um, what I'm doing differently this week, among other things, is I am then going to follow that up with some uh, notes and thoughts uh, more off the cuff. And as always, the entire point of all of this is to foster conversation and connection. So, um, you know, that's my hope is that that's what this will do. That's why I welcome all comments. I welcome you to subscribe because it's much easier to keep in touch that way and you'll know when these videos come out and, and all of the other things that are being posted on this site. Uh, so with that, let's get to this week, which is going to be a fun one and uh, I think maybe a controversial one. Why recorded music is better than live. Live music is lifeblood. It's community. It's a synchronous sharing with strangers and friends. It's where music was born. And yes, this is the same exact intro from last week's edition, but there's a different point. It's that while live music is great and often revered as the pinnacle of music, I contend it's rarely ever either of those things. Instead, I'm going to tell you why recorded music is way more often as close as humans have come to music perfection. I've been thinking a lot about this lately because of our current social condition. We can't do in-person live, but we can very much do real-time live online, which has been awesome. 
As of this podcast, I've done nearly 50 online shows and I don't plan on stopping anytime soon. It's been a thrill on almost every level, but I'll tell you this, the more live I do in person or virtual, the more I believe that the vast majority of live music is lame when compared to recorded versions. So let's, let's, let's bust a myth. Spontaneity and surprise and beautifully flawed idiosyncrasies can only come from live music. Eh. Inspiration and happy accidents can happen anywhere. As a veteran recording artist and producer, I can tell you that quite often the best parts of my songs have come from the wild takes or happy accidents I always leave room for. You get all that live too, but it's fleeting. It's almost never integral and both sonically and musically, it's almost always lesser quality. Here's another myth. Live is always more dynamic and visceral. <clears throat> Musicians can be equally in the zone, in the studio, and they have the advantage of finding and using the best version of that. Every good recording artist knows how to be dynamic in any setting, and every good producer knows how to bring that out of artists, even the not so good at recording ones. As a listener, when you're in a car or wearing headphones or playing music loud in a room, a song can affect you so much you start to tingle or shout or cry or sing along. And another, live is more human and more connected and everything humans create is human. Acoustic, electric, electronic, programmed, whatever. And what better way to connect directly with an artist than to hear their song in your head exactly as they intended. Artists appreciate this immensely, I know I do. When a recording is done right, when the essence of a song is brought to its fullest realization, it's the truest version and the closest to the original inspiration. Okay, now in every case here, you can get all this from the live experience too. And for those artists and listeners, who live and die by live, much respect and deference. So why then is recorded music better than live? Ultimately, it comes down to one thing. It's as close to immortality as we can get. Live music lives and dies, just like we do. It's a one night stand. Recorded lasts as long as our media and media conversions allow it to. That goes for sheet music as much as sound capturing of any kind. Recorded music is a commitment. Sameness and repetition can fool us into numbness, but follow that down the road all the way. Listen at least three times to a song, at least, and then 10, then 100, and 1,000. And what you get is infinity, nuance, the mantra of organized sound. Oh, and for those of you who say, what about live albums? The vast majority of those are the worst of both worlds. None of the real-time visceral experience, coupled with none of the artistic intimacy and nuance a recording artist strives for. So one last huge ant to that. But let's use that here to further prove my point. Go pick a song that has both a fully produced recording and a recorded live version. Listen to them at least three times each. Write down all the details that hit your ears, including the things that move you. 
Then step away from the speakers for a long while and tell me which one stays with you the most. I can tell you uh, from experience that of all the musicians I know and I've worked with, the opinions get split down the middle. There are those who 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 live and die by the recording studio. As I, you know, I am a live performer. I do a lot of it, and there's things I get from that I can't get anywhere else. So I'm never going to give that up. But as far as where my heart and soul are, it's in the studio. You know, it's it's like I said, it's creating these songs that that it's it's representing the sonic landscape in my head as exact as I can with, I mean, room for real, real world improvement, you know, like things that pop up that make a song even better than what you hear. You know, you need to have some of that too. Um, but it's where, it's where I live. Um, but yeah, like I said, I think, you know, a lot of musicians really kind of split down the middle of us. There, there are those who either aren't interested in recording or don't, or don't maybe don't work at it as much and things like that, or who, you know, or they're the road warriors, you know, who live and die by live, like I said. And then, as I said, much respect to that. I think a great example of the dichotomy of this is uh, the uh, short but influential lifespan of uh, the career of the Beatles while, while they were together. I mean, think of what they did. They started out live for years. That's all they did. And then they recorded, and what they recorded was more or less a representation of what they did live, but then they did it with a little bit more, you know, uh, intricacy and nuance and things like that, thanks in large part to George Martin. And uh, they only did that for a couple of years before they realized, oh man, we can, we can get so much more out of these songs if we become studio heads. You know, if we put those headphones on or go into the booth and just really work this song until it is as... as amazing and is and is wild and is, and is you know layered or as simple or whatever it is that they're hearing in their head as they could get to the point where they were like we can't do this live we then they and they stopped wanting to and then of course they wanted to again when they all went on their separate ways solo and even towards the end you know their last album or two um but i think that's a great way to illustrate what i'm talking about here is that these 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 musicians who were as passionate and as dedicated to their craft as you could ever get in history you know, gravitated so much toward recording um, without, again, without give completely giving up the live, the live element. Another great example. Think of the giant difference, huge, between Radiohead's live shows and their recorded music. Um, I have not had the pleasure of seeing them live, but I've seen, you know, videos of them live. And it sounds more like their early stuff, which I'm not making a judgment early later, but it's more like a, you know, uh, an ensemble band playing instruments, boom, dynamic. Why? Because if you're going to do a live show, that's what you should do. You know, I mean, not that you shouldn't also try to, you know, have 50 people on stage and recreate a recording. That's fun, too. But I think for me, live is like, just get up there and jam and play. Whereas you listen to their recordings and it is very clear that they work their asses off to get those things to sound exactly how they want them to sound and yet still have that, that grit and that heart and, that, and, the, and you know, the, the kind of dank deepness that even you know, when he sings in his falsetto that he achieves. You know? So that to me is another perfect example of this. Um, I, I, look, I admit, this is something I think that would maybe sway people the other way, but I'm going to tell you why I don't agree with that. The, the, that a live experience, the, the most transcendent live experience 
I think does win out over the most transcendent recording experience. But there are, and I, I don't think this is, I mean, I, yeah, it's opinion, but I don't think it is. There are way, way, there's like exponentially more transcendent, truly transcendent, near perfect recorded experiences than there are live. There, there, there just are. Now, is that partly because live is harder? Uh, live's perfection is harder to achieve? I don't know if I want to touch that one this week because here's here's the thing. I know that in certain ways it's harder to perform things live because it's just the difference. It's like the difference between stage and film. You get one shot, you're up there, and that's it. You have another concert the next night. If you do it differently, you do it better, you do it worse, whatever it is. you know. And that's why people like that kind of high wire thing. It's, it's a thrill. But as far as artistically... Um, I, my general point on that is, so what? You know, not to mention, ask any recording artist who is passionate about recording, and they'll tell you how much work goes into making a recording just right, just how they hear it, just how they want it, to avoid the pitfalls that recording can throw you into, like repeating this or doing, doing something in a certain way because that's how you did it before or something like that. I've been down this recording road, I mean, and live too, but for decades, and I can tell you that every time I go in to record, it's a new learning experience. And if I had decided that I was going to, you know, achieve X and that was my perfection and stay there, the whole rest of my work would have been shit because that's not how, that's not how good recorded work is. Good recorded work is like life itself. You, you know, you need to grow in order to live and breathe properly. Stasis is death. So I, 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 again, this is a whole, I think this is a whole other subject of how hard it is to achieve that the heights of performance, either live or recorded. Um, you know, you have more opportunities to get there recorded is really the thing. And that really goes again to exactly the point of why I'm making this argument that recorded is better than live. Because the end result, again, as I said in the beginning, is just way closer to the, you know, the inspiration, the original inspiration of what it is you're going for. You know, anyway, that's my take. That's my opinion. Uh, I'm sure I'm going to get a lot of um, opposition to this. I may get some people who agree with me as well. I don't care. Either way, I love it because my entire objective here, other than talking about music, is conversation and connection. Thank you. And I will see you next week. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. 
Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any fantasy points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.